Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. It being Good Friday and us getting, uh, being, for a lot of us, first time maybe being Christians and having to stay at home during Good Friday. Maybe you don't really go to church during Good Friday, but it's kind of like a thing, right? To mm-hmm. to do something for Good Friday as a Christian, as a believer. And the time that we're in, we're not able to do anything. We're ha- we have to stay home, can't go to church. Some places are doing like drive-in service. A lot most mm-hmm. churches are doing online Good Friday service. Hey Mary Kate, glad you could be a part. Um, Alan, hey, glad you could uh, be here. Sarah, Sarai, glad you could be a part. Um, and for us, having Good Friday today um, during all of this time is it's peculiar times that we're in. And for me, not being raised as a Christian, I had no idea the majority of my life what Good Friday was, what Easter was. I, I really just had no clue. And it wasn't until about um, halfway through a ministry internship that I was in, I was a Christian and I was in a, a very intense ministry internship. I uh, had a boot camp and everything. <laughs> it was really intense. But uh, halfway through, I finally started putting pieces together of what Good Friday and Easter meant. I didn't, it seemed like everybody else knew what, what it was, but I was clueless. And then one day I saw He is Risen on the church graphic. And I was like, wait a minute, he's risen. That must mean like when Jesus rose from the dead. And then I, well, three days before is Good Friday. (laughs) So it all started kind of, you know, piecing together. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, Nelda, glad you could be a part. Um, uh, Nadia, Nelda, sorry. (laughs) The screen is a little farther away. Harry, Nathan, glad you could be a part. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. So anyway, it, it was a minute for me before I realized that Good Friday represented Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. And Easter Sunday it represents the day that he rose from the dead. And we're really not going to, uh, and those of y'all who have been with us for a while, we're not going to be people that really get into, was it really the day? Or it, Look, we're just really settled on, this is a representation of what that is. And that that is good enough for me to celebrate. Right. Um, and so... For, uh, before we get started into today's message, um, it's not going to be an incredibly long one, but before we get started, we want y'all to uh, plan at the end of this message, uh, at the end of this time, get your family together, and we want to have communion together as a church, online, virtually, and whether you do it with us during the same time that we're doing it, um, or right after with your family, we want you to really make it a point to practice this this uh, this act of communion together, and for us, we got some sliced bread. Mm-hmm. All right, it's it has yeast and leaven, and I know that that's like a whole nother topic for some people that are like way too into it. But <laughs> we didn't have any juice, and we usually always do like a, some cranberry or grape juice, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that instead of you know the alcoholic wine because I mean. Like, we happy already. We got the joy of the Lord. We don't need to get that lit for communion. But I have two different cups here. I have, and again, look, guys, this is representation Mm -hmm. of a practice that we don't want to neglect. We don't have all the resources 
But we believe that God is a very understanding God, especially mm-hmm. in the times that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And so I have one cup of big red. Mm-hmm. Represent. Big red <laughs> representing the blood of Christ. Yes. The, the sliced... And y'all are already judging us too, because it's, it's sliced bread, it's white bread. I know it's not whole wheat. <laughs> uh, I don't think Jesus was this color or anything like that, but it's just regular sliced bread. That's what we had. It was the cheapest at the store when yeah. we got it. Yeah. Um, it we got good. big red as one option. And, and the other option that I have is just water. And the reason I wanted to have just... Hey, Tori. Um, hey, Tori. Hey, y'all. I love that. <laughs> we, we in Texas, y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I went to New York, they were all like, we could tell you're from Texas because you said y'all. I was like, yeah. what do y'all say? What else do you say? I <laughs> they said you guys. Yeah, and you was, drink Big Red, so... Yeah, so anyway, that's besides the point. But the reason that I got water as the other option is because when me and Lauren first started dating, um, she would actually regularly take communion at her house and one thing that was really inspiring to me because um, she would just drink water for her communion and because she also didn't want to drink wine because she made a promise to God that she didn't want to drink alcohol ever again because, uh, you know, whatever her Past. reasons are, that mm-hmm. she has the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But she would drink water as a representation of the blood of Christ. And what I thought was so special behind it is because water is the most ordinary drink there is. I mean, you don't get more ordinary than water. And when you add Christ into the ordinary things of your life, they become monumental moments. They become special moments. And anything that's seemingly ordinary that is added with the blood of Jesus becomes exponentially spectacular. And so we'll get more into that when we take communion after the message. But I wanted to tell y'all at the beginning so that y'all could get some time to get your sliced bread. Maybe you got some garlic bread in the, the freezer and you need Dang. to pop that mug in the oven mm-hmm. so that afterwards you're like, you're gonna really have communion like the, the way it shows in the Bible. You're not, you, we're not doing no wafers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We're doing some garlic bread, some, I, bread? I almost toasted my bread, but yeah, maybe you got some cinnamon raisin bread mm-hmm. like Tamara. Um, <laughs> I almost toasted my bread because, you know, I like toast Mm -hmm. um, more than just plain Jane bread, but I didn't want it to crunch and stuff on the camera, and I didn't want to get crumb. I'm wearing a black shirt. I didn't want it to get all crummy, Um, but y'all do you. It's really not about the specifics or details of what kind of food or drinks you use right now. It's about that when Jesus said to the woman at the well, God is looking for those who worship Him in spirit and truth. We're not always going to get it exact. We're not always going to be able to be perfect in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's about our hearts. It's about our spirit in That's that good. moment. And mm-hmm. so getting into the message today, I mean, Good Friday is about Jesus dying on the cross. So it's not really good for Jesus, but it was good for the whole world. Mm-hmm. The only part about it that was good for Him is that He got to save those He loved mm-hmm. at great sacrifice. And... I was skimming through the different Gospels through the moments that Jesus was crucified. And each Gospel, it is is so quick to go, go over the crucifixion. It seems like just like a moment where you just read it and it's it seems like less than a sentence that the crucifixion is talked about. And it's almost like you get a, a different perspective, a, a different heart behind every gospel where it shows the death of Jesus. And what what I wanted to go over the the today was 
the way that's described in the book of John. In the book of John, chapter 19, verses 28 through 30, we're just going to look at these verses. And it's the moment where it's the death of Jesus. We're not talking about the crucifixion. We're not talking about the walk up to Golgotha. We're not talking about even the, the last words he said in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're, we're looking at the specific spot where it's the death of Jesus. And it says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. He's on the cross crucified already. He's already been beaten, whipped, all that. He's on the cross. It says that he knows that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. Now look, there's, there's just three parts that I want us to really look at in, in this part of scripture. Um, and I want to thank you guys for tuning on Facebook, Crystal Hay. Um, Brielle, hey, I I, see you. yeah, we see you, girl. <laughs> uh, Ray the Rapper, he is on. <laughs> it, Ray the Rapper, be sure to follow him. Mm. He is, uh, he's Sick releasing jams. new beats every day, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're just the blowing Lord. up. Mm-hmm. They're blowing up for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so going into this <laughs> yeah. scripture, talking about where j- there's three words that I want us to really focus on, and that is finished, thirsty, and released. There's, there's so much, so there's an exponential amount of heart behind these few couple verses. And starting off with finished, what is very, what really struck my heart, and it is even solidified when you look through Luke, and Jesus told the criminal that, that said, Jesus, will you remember me? And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That was before the resurrection. And right here, at, right at his death, he says, it is finished. And he knew already that his mission was finished. So before he even resurrected from the dead, right here, it's finished. And what it shows us is that this death, everything that Jesus went through up to this point was full payment for our sins. It was full payment right here at this moment of his death. And if you continue down past these verses, it says this is the moment where the veil tore in the the temple. And the veil tearing like that, it was a separation of the holies and the holy of holies to where only the high priest could go in. And now it was torn in half to where anybody could go through into the presence of God. And so in this moment, it's finished. This moment, our sins are paid for. The resurrection is the proof of receipt for that payment of sins. If he didn't resurrect from the dead, there is no real receipt for us to know if the payment was valid. It would just be, throughout history, we'd never really know for sure, but the resurrection is God's receipt to us saying it's paid for, it's finished, your debt is covered. Mm -hmm. And what is so bizarre to me is that we as Christians, myself included, 
is that even though it's paid for, and we read it over and over and over, we're reminded about it every Sunday, that it's paid for, that our sins are forgiven, that Jesus paid it all on the cross. We wear crosses to remind us of it. We get tattoos of the praying hands and the cross. We do everything to remind ourselves that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Mm -hmm. And yet, whenever we have a guilty conscience, we as Christians are notorious for trying to pay for our sins ourselves. Mm -hmm. Every time we make a big mistake, do we not try to overcompensate and say, well, I'm out to make it better. I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to do that again. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's really crazy. I mean, I don't know how many times there's Christians that got married just because they slept together. They felt so overwhelmingly guilty. And so they just got married to try to make it all better. And even though there's great marriages that have happened just from doing that, there's also some really difficult ones where some that made it, some that didn't, because people reactionarily, uh, is that a word? It, it is now. It is now. Mm -hmm. Out of reaction, tried to pay for their guilt mm -hmm. through doing a big move. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Let's just make it better and get married, and then God won't be mad at us. Right. And whatever it is, there's so many different times where we as Christians, we try to overcompensate. There, I mean, we'll do crazy things to where uh, if, if a guy looks at porn, he'll get rid of his smartphone and say, I'm never going to get a smartphone again. And it's just like a big, like weird reactionary moment decision to where we end up going back to that moment, whether it's month, months later, years later, weeks later, and we end up reversing it anyway. How many times have you made a promise to God out of a reactionary, guilty conscience? So we're say, God, just forgive me and I'll never do this again. From now on, I'm always going to do this. Right. And it's out of a guilty, reactionary conscience because we just have a hard time believing that it was really finished at the cross. Here, the Bible's saying that even before, even before the resurrection, it's finished. Mm -hmm. And... What I just feel God saying to his people is that instead of making a reactionary decision, a bizarre decision to try to make it better, to try to earn this forgiveness that was already paid for out of, instead of out of your own actions, just trust that the payment of Jesus was more than enough, that it truly is finished at this day, this day that is representing Good Friday, that it's finished now. We don't even have to wait till Easter Sunday for the receipt. It's paid for now. And we need to stop making stupid, bizarre decisions based off of our guilt, our guilty conscience. I know that that was kind of a lot, but... <laughs> that was good. What, what, what do you think about what I'm saying here about it being finished? Um, I think a lot of things. And... Um, it just reminds me too, and I've um, as you were preparing this message, it was just making me think about the truth that it is finished. Like as Christians, are we living that life, a life of it being finished? You know, I think um, like you're mentioning, we we when we come to Christ, whenever that whatever that looks like for us, we're like, okay, I receive His forgiveness, I am now forgiven, and we look at that as God forgiving all of our past. All my past was horrible. He forgave me. But then do we realize that even as Christians, we will be imperfect in our future. And so it's, it's easy to receive forgiveness for our past, but the sins or the, the mistakes that we make in our future, when that does happen, because 
the Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God, that there is no one righteous, that there is no one holy as Christians. And so when we um, fall short of that um, in our future, you know, God already knows, but we don't foresee our future sin. We're like, okay, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to clean up my act and I'm going to just praise God and live perfectly and holy for him. That is all of our intention. Yeah. That's our intention. But anywho, my point is, is we don't realize that that what was finished on the cross was the sin of our past when we come to Christ, but also the sin of our future. And I feel like that's something even in my life that I need to remember and live out um, because, you know, and I I even feel like the guilt that comes from like Mm. our, say our future, um, mistakes and sins it's it's we know better you know we know christ and so we should have known better we should have resisted we should have cleaned up our act we already know why we're not doing this anymore but yet we did it again and i think that for me um is what's hardest yeah to receive the forgiveness that god offered for that too i I know i'm kind of rambling but um that's just how i see it In, in a verse two verses that came to mind um, as you were saying, as I believe it's in Hebrews, and, it's, and God says, come boldly to the throne of grace. You know, wow. and so when you reminded us that at, when he said it is finished, that the veil was torn, and he, he um, gave us access to God right then and there on that day, and it is finished, and we can come boldly to him, whether we feel like our act is clean or we're full of mud and full yeah. of sin. And, you know, that other verse that, you know, says that the godly may trip seven times, Mm. but they get back up. And so no matter what, you know, it's not about, oh, I sinned, I shouldn't have done that. So now I'm just going to leave God because I can't figure this out and do it right. But it says the, the, the key word there is we get back up. Yeah. You know, yes, we don't want to sit in that sin and sit and repeating it over and over just because we want to. But if you have a repentant heart and have a heart that wants to please God, regardless of your trip ups, that's what it takes, you know, yeah. to just really walk out that, the truth of it being finished in our yeah. life. So those are my thoughts on what you shared. Yeah, and that's super powerful. I love the verses that you shared, Lauren. And what it makes me think of is, you know, we spend so much time in this guilt, this guilty conscience, and this this mindset that we're not really forgiven Mm -hmm. and imagine how much different our prayer life would be our worship would be if we just weren't we're not focused on our sins so much but we were focused on glorifying god in our lives right it's like if we're so focused on how dirty of a sinner i am instead of that i still have the i'm credited righteousness from christ Think the Bible says that we are credited righteousness, that yeah. it's given to us even though we don't own it. That's good. And if we focus more on what am I able to do for God instead of all the things I've fallen short with God, mm-hmm. you end up, you, I feel like you end up being so much more powerful in your prayers, so yeah. much more powerful in your actions, because you're focused on the kingdom of God rather than the kingdom of yourself. Mm-hmm. To where well, I need to get my kingdom in order before I could do anything for God. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyone that's been long, uh, alive long enough knows that we are never, we never have our stuff together. We mm-hmm. never have our crap together. And it's like the, the mantra of trying to find balance in your life. No one ever finds balance in your life. That's like a a false narrative. We only learn how to manage the things that always have tension. And, you know, it it leads us into just this new place of thirsty. And this spot where it says that Jesus cries out saying, I am thirsty. 
And what he's thirsty for in this moment is, is the presence of God. And this is a Psalm 22 moment. When other gospels, this is where Jesus cries out, um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he's quoting Psalm 22, where it gives a, a, the most prophetic imagery of a person being crucified. And it was written a thousand years before the form of crucifixion was ever invented. It says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My tongue uh, clings to my mouth. My my skin feels like baked clay. My They've pierced my hands and my feet. They gamble for my clothes with law. It, it's all a prophetic psalm that Jesus was quoting. And it's a moment where he's saying, I'm thirsty because I'm thirsty for the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I need the presence of God. And in this moment, God had to turn his face from Jesus because he was painted with the world's sin. And because this payment was so raw and so real and so valid, it it was it was a uh, Jesus became a detestable uh, piece of life that was being payment for our sins. He was literally carrying the wrath of God on top of himself, and the wrath of God and the presence of God are are two different things, and both cannot be carried. And in this moment, he's saying, I'm thirsty. And through all of this time of being alone and isolated, this is where Jesus is at, completely alone, completely isolated by himself, and he's absent from the presence of God. And through this time of isolation that we're in, we're, we're often in the same boat of trying to get back to the, things, uh, to the way things used to be at the beginning. Mm-hmm. In this moment where we're thirsty, I mean, how many of us are tired of our faith? How many of us have grown cold in our hearts to where being a Christian doesn't move us anymore? To where your heart, it doesn't feel like this melted pancake when you think about God, right? Mm, (laughs) It sounds good right now. You don't don't just turn on the radio and hear a Christian song and start crying anymore. In fact, you've grown maybe bitter. Maybe you've grown angry. Maybe you've just grown cold to where Christians that are like that irritate you. Mm. We And there's a part of us where we desire the presence of God. And all of the other things of life have gotten in the way. And now look, I'm not trying to take us back to a place of feeling guilty and self-condemning. Right. What I'm getting at is that we are thirsty. Yeah. And what we often end up doing saying, well, maybe I need to just go back to the way things used to be when I first gave my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, when, when I was doing that one Joel Olstein devotional, mm-hmm. when I first gave my life to Christ, I was really feeling God. Maybe I need to go back to that. Maybe I need to read that Joyce Meyer book again. And you start going to these things to where after you're done with them, you're like, well, I need to crave something more. And you went on to something else. And now you're trying to go back to the milk, the mm-hmm. baby food that you ate at the beginning when now you're actually at a place as a Christian where you can eat meat, mm-hmm. where, where you, you are not a stupid, dumb Christian. You, you have developed, you've gained experience. You know God more than you used to know God. Right. And the, the truth is you are thirsty for God's presence. I mean, is that not just the realest answer to what we're feeling inside? Yeah. And I feel like in this moment of forced solitude, that it's making a lot of us think about 
our own relationship with God, our walk with God. I know for me, I've been thinking about it like crazy. And I, I was even talking to Lauren today about different different things I felt with my relationship God, with God. I was looking back at how our year has been and things that I felt spiritually and emotionally. Yeah. And so many times we think of our 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 spiritual walk unilaterally where it's just our spiritual lives and that's it. So we only think about, well, I don't pray as much. I don't read the Bible as much. Well, I skipped a couple church Sundays. And we only think that, that those are the only things of affecting our spiritual life. When it's just not true, we are a spiritual, emotional, and physical person. Mm-hmm. The truth is that even just, I don't know, having babies. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> having yeah. babies and just being tired all the time, getting a new job where you're working overtime, mm-hmm. you know, just being physically tired and drained will take you into a di- different kind of place spiritually. Mm-hmm. What you go through emotionally, if you've gotten gone through some hurts this last year, mm-hmm. if you've gone through some, some anxieties, some depressions to where... Maybe you've had some people treat you wrong and you, you just can't find it in yourself to trust others anymore. You can't find yourself to be a part of community anymore. All of these things affect our spiritual walk. Right. And we are thirsty for a change. We're thirsty for something to be different. And we have to recognize that, that in this moment, we are thirsty for God. Right. We are thirsty for God God's power to move. That's really what it is. And this the sour wine that they offered Jesus to drink, what it what I feel like it represents is just the crap that we go to to try to make it better. Yeah. I mean, when I mean, let's be honest, y'all. When we feel spiritually drained, do we usually just go and close our spirit uh, clo- go into our spiritual closet? And just have like 30 minutes of worship? Hell no, right? We binge watch Netflix. <laughs> we see what... We want to watch Moana three times. Ew, no. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, that's what Joy's into. <laughs> right but we, we watch the stupidest shows. We watch the dumbest movies again mm. when we're feeling so thirsty. Mm-hmm. And instead of drinking from the power of God, the presence of God, we go to sour wine instead. Yeah. And you know, some scholars believe that this sponge of sour wine, the reason they offered it to him, it wasn't an act of mercy, but some believe that this sponge was actually what they would use in the latrines, the bathrooms, to wipe their butts. That this was the most disgraceful thing to do the, wow. to the Son of God. That it was a sponge that was the, uh, that day's toilet paper. Some of you are like... That's what I'll use. <laughs> That's what I'll use when we run out of toilet paper. The, the sponges that we don't... And the dish sponges. No. <laughs> um, but that that's literally what they would use in the bathroom. And they soaked it in this vinegary, sour wine. That, that, that was their antibacterial soap back then. Hmm. And they put it up to Jesus' lips. And it says that Jesus refused it in the Word. And in the same way... Honestly, guys, we don't even need the devil to put these things up to our lips. We just grab it and and we go to the crappiest things to try to fulfill the thirst inside of our hearts. And if we just are real with ourselves and know that 
we're we're not helping the cause in our hearts sometimes. Right. Again, this is not a guilt trip. This is not to take us back to a life of condemnation. We're never going to get anywhere like that. Right. But to recognize that the the this moment of Jesus paying it all for us was so that we could have a different option than the sour wine. Right. That he is noted as, in the Bible as being the true vine that he is that he is the true vine meaning that the true wine that we're desiring the true uh thirst that can be quenched is in him and he did it all he paid it all on the cross so that we could have him as a source to our thirst because he knew that the world would never quench that thirst right how do you feel about all that lauren it's very powerful and um i totally agree and i feel like um all of us have our um, avenue that we go to besides God, unfortunately. It may look different for everybody, but I think there's that one thing that trips us up, that mm. one thing that promises immediate satisfaction, immediate comfort, immediate um, numbing of the pain, whatever that looks like. And, and just like um, soda, you know, you're thirsty, you drink it, you're like, oh, for a second you feel like your thirst is quenched, but you're still thirsty. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what do we need? We need that pure form of water that truly um, quenches our thirst, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's a simple representation of like what we do as people, you know? And um, it reminds me of that story in the Bible um, of a Samaritan woman at the well. It's one of my favorite um, yeah. uh, stories. And, you know, long story short, like Jesus knew her life, you know, he sat next to her at the well and she didn't realize or know that he was the Messiah. And he started pretty much saying, hey, I know you. I know all of your husbands. I know the one that you're with right now isn't your husband. And he and, and there's more to it. So that sounds kind of weird right now. I encourage you to go read it. But I remember when I first really began to come to Christ, like that story really ministered to my heart because he ended up telling her, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water. Mm. And not just water, but living water. And she immediately said, yes, where can I get this living water? You know, and and she thought he was going to supply her from the well with an endless um, amount of water so she'd never have to go out and get water every day to quench her thirst. Because the truth is, is every day we're thirsty. Yeah. We wake up and our, our um, even the Bible says like our desires are never um, fulfilled in a sense. Like we are always craving fulfillment. We're always craving, you know, something to fulfill that thirst. And so anyways, um, he, he revealed himself to her as yeah. Jesus, the Messiah and said, I am living water. Yeah. She was looking for something she was familiar with. She thought he was going to hand her, you know, that cup of water that would forever quench her thirst, something she knew and could rely on. But she realized at that moment that it wasn't what she was used to, but it was Jesus himself. Yeah. And so in my life, I feel like God has reminded me of that several times over and over that, you know, it's not in a relationship. It's not um, in another man's arms, another woman's arms, another toxic relationship. It's not in all those other vices that we go to, whatever yeah. that looks like. But at the end of the day, those will leave you high and dry. Yes, yeah. there's healthy, beautiful relationships, Hello. Yeah, um, come on. Yeah, man. hello. <laughs> but um, besides that, you know, um, Jesus is the one that at the end of the day is the one called to and desires to fulfill our every thirst yeah. and need. And so that's what I think about that. That's what, <laughs> that's, and that's what I think about that. Yes. It, and I, I really, um, I love that story to the woman at the well. And even as you're saying, like, we often think of, like, the extreme spectrums, like, 
uh, a toxic relation won't satisfy you, but even a healthy relationship won't satisfy that thirst of our souls. Right. It's like uh, the same is for you know going out and partying, trying to fulfill that that you know that hole in your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, the same is true about trying to fill it with exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it's never going to be satisfying right. like it is with Christ. And and in these moments, I mean, what God is just really trying to speak to us. Through this, what we're going through is that we don't need anything to bring us to Him, that we are able to walk toward Him right here in our homes, that we don't even need other people. We don't even need church to go to God. I mean, think about that. Coming from a pastor, a church planter, Mm -hmm. telling you that this time is showing us that we need church, yes, but that we don't need church to get access to God. Right. That's a powerful thing to really just solidify in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I want us to finish up with this last part where, where it says that he released his spirit. And this is a moment of confidently letting go for God to finish what he started. Mm-hmm. This moment, I mean, can you imagine the moment of accepting death? I mean, that's even, I mean, like, I know it's, Jesus saw this coming. He knew it in the garden. But I feel like in even the last moments of life, every human being wants to live. It, there's been times where I've talked to people suicidal, where even in the last moments after taking the pills, they decide that they knew that they wanted to live. And in this moment where Jesus is on the cross, I still believe that there's a desire, there's something there that want, didn't want to die, that there's still a type of fear. We see it in the garden. It didn't go away here. And there's a moment where he confidently releases everything to God the Father to finish what he started. And now, I, I don't have to really try too hard to make the connection of what that is for you, of what you need to let go of so that God can finish what he started in you. Mm. And I get I get the goosies right now, the goosebumps. Feel it. What is it that you really need to let go of for to hand off to God so that you can confidently let go of it and let God finish what he started? Whether it's the work with inside of you, whether it's something you maybe he you felt like he called you out to do and you just you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, or you're praying and praying and praying. And there's something that where, where God is just telling you, just trust me with this. Right. And let go and be confident that I'm going to do the work. It's like, for me, when I first gave my life to Christ and I would pray for, for somebody to be healed um, or for something to happen, anything, right. I, would, I would pray so hard. And maybe you made prayers like this or heard someone else pray like this, and it starts... It just doesn't even sound like a prayer after a while. It just sounds like, almost like I'm trying to convince God to do something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and God, this will bring you glory, <laughs> so you ought to do it. Like, And Father God, if you do this, they're going to be able to tell everybody else about your goodness. And it's like, we're really trying to convince God. Like, this yeah. is a good, you should really do this. Yeah. I've seen it played out here. You might not see it up there, but trust me, God. You ought to do this. Please do this. And we are in this this moment where 
instead of just confidently giving it to God, we're trying so hard to hold on to it because we don't really trust God to finish it. That's why it's so hard to end those long prayers that you're making for that thing that's been like, it's already been a minute, and everyone else is like, hey, can you stop? Like, we're ready to go home. And he's like, yeah, but, and God, another thing. <laughs> and it's, it's really, you can't even just close it with amen because you're so scared to release it to God because you don't think he's going to do it. You don't think he's going to finish it. I'll be honest, some of the, the most quickest answered prayers are the prayers that I just, I just thought, well, this would be cool if it was answered. And I've seen two dogs miraculously recover, and no lie. It's true. This is a true story. I got, it was a late night, church meeting, and I got a, a picture sent to me of a goldfish upside down. It's true, yeah. And with a text followed soon after saying, This is Goldie, my goldfish. Please pray for Goldie. Goldie is sick. And I love Goldie. <laughs> I hear you laughing, Tamara. <laughs> and I stopped the church meeting. I said, guys, we need to pray real quick. And I just said, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Goldie to get up mm. on its fins and swim. <laughs> To recover now, yeah. this moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I released it. I let it go. Yeah. Guys, that fish was dead. <laughs> I don't, fishes don't just swim upside down. It was upside down. I got a text that week with an image of that fish swimming around saying, Your prayers work. Look, Goldie's alive and happy. And I was, I was so excited. I was like, God has given me an anointing mm. for animal healings. And... The reason I feel like those prayers are so easy to make is because I'm not so gravely concerned with holding on to those prayers. I'm really, it's easy for me to trust God to heal a goldfish. Right. I, I can let that go. It doesn't, I'm not so emotionally attached to it. Yeah. And I feel like it, those are the prayers that are so easy for me to make because I'm not so concerned about the answer. Y'all get what I'm trying to yeah. say? Mm -hmm. The ones where I'm just like, God, if you don't answer this, boy, am I going to be upset. Boy, I'm not going to know what to do. Those prayers are the ones that's hard to let go of. Mm -hmm. And so some of y'all are like, I'm going to get a goldfish and have him pray for it. Just to see. I'm telling y'all, that, like, I didn't even have to lay hands on that fish. That's how powerful the anointing was from the Spirit of God. And so release it. <laughs> What? You're just funny and you're making me laugh. But it's true. It's true. It is true. I was there. That was the Lord. That was. And and so in all seriousness, going into mm -hmm. releasing whatever it is that you gotta release, mm -hmm. I really I really think that think that in this time, in this Good Friday, this weekend, let's take this weekend to be intentional with our relationship with God, our walk with God, and let's really commit to release three things. And I made them all start with C because that's like a, I, I wasn't taught that necessarily as a, as a pastor mm -hmm. speaker. I just caught on quick. Like <laughs> it helps. you go to church and it's all C's or all S's like, oh, I see it's like alliteration. Well, that's what I just started doing that too. Yeah. And I think that we need to re release control of right now. It's right now, all this anxiety that we are holding on to, it, it's all rooted in control. It's all rooted in control. 
and worried about the outcome. I think that we need to release this weekend control. And I want to really encourage you guys to, to really think about what control it is for you. Specifically, uniquely to you. What is it the control that you're trying to hold on to? And by Easter Sunday, let's just go to God. Let's go to the cross Easter Sunday and said, God, I'm giving this control up to you. Mm. And then number two is contempt. Contempt. Everybody has a past. And sometimes it's not even your past. This is a past that's connected to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And there's so much contempt for your past. So much contempt. There's people involved with that contempt. There's your own decisions involved with that contempt. There's just a whole mess Mm -hmm. of contempt in the past that you just can't let go of. And it just keeps coming back like a zombie. You just keep shooting it over and over and it's just rising back up and biting you when you least expect it like a horror movie. Contempt. And the final thing is that we need to release all of the condemning thoughts that we have of our future. Dang. The condemning thoughts that we have of our future. What do those look like? God is never going to do that for you because you're so messed up. God's not going to answer those prayers in the future because you're not good enough. You really think that God is going to use you to do that or find this kind of person or anything like that? You make too many mistakes. You, you're, not, you're not the Christian that you should be. If maybe if you start doing this, or maybe if you stop doing that, then you'd be good enough for God to answer your future. See, all of that is condemnation of God trying to just, uh, of, of yourself, the devil, whatever, trying to mm-hmm. stop you from really thinking that that future in God, whatever it is, is not, that you're not qualified for it, that you're not deserving of it, that you're not worthy of it. I mean, honestly, guys, like God cares about every detail of our lives, right. but sometimes we get like into the like the crazy stuff in our heads yeah. to where we have a bad thought. Like God wants to kill me now, mm-hmm. and we just we we make one mistake and we're like God probably just wants to slam dunk me to hell. Yeah. God wants to just smear my head in the mud and crush my skull because dang. I'm so messed up and wicked. And it, it honestly, it's something you know, like dang Homer, like you really being transparent, <laughs> but. Y'all get what I'm saying? We, we have so much condemnation and we put ourselves in the most undeserving attitude and heart to where that is sometimes the biggest reason why we don't pray. Yeah. Because we feel like God doesn't want to have anything to do with us. But just like in this scripture, it, just like in this scripture, right after this moment says that veil is torn that veil is what separated that veil is what separated us from the presence of God and Jesus went through all of the brutality of the cross to tear that separation down so that we can walk boldly to the throne of God and we're credited righteousness the bible says that that our greatest holiness that man's greatest holiness is like filthy rags to God at first glance, you might think, well, that's, that's messed up. It's a good thing to know that even the bestest, best person sucks <laughs> compared to God's holiness. Right. So 
I mean, if a filthy rag, if I don't even want to touch a filthy rag, do you get a bunch, if you got a bunch of filthy, stinking, rotten rags, and one was, one was just dipped in sewage, and this was, was dipped in three tons of sewage, but this was just a puddle of sewage, would you prefer to grab one over the other? No, right? Gross. Yeah, they're yeah. both gross. It's like getting dead bodies mm -hmm. and saying, which one's deader? This one died three days ago. This one died three weeks ago. They're all dead. And see, that's the position that we're in without Christ, before Christ. We're unholy. We're, we're undeserving. We're dead inside. But in Christ, we're credited this new life that we didn't deserve. But God gives it to us freely because of what Jesus did on Good Friday. And all of the righteousness of Christ is credited to us. So even when you're not good, Jesus makes us good. It doesn't that now. Don't confuse that to just being like, like I'll do whatever the hell I want. Then I'll just swan dive into sin, and yeah. it's okay because I'm credited righteousness. Now don't be all weird with it. Yeah, y'all get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so, let's really just throw off and release control for right now. Let's release contempt of our past. Let it go. And let's release all of those condemning thoughts about our future. Those, those thoughts really aren't from God. They're not. And don't allow those thoughts to manipulate you out of the goodness of God has for you. All that, Lauren, what do you have to say on this last note on release? Um... That was all really encouraging and um, really spoke to me. And what I kept thinking of is the fact that I feel like so many of us as Christians or uh, wherever you are with your walk with God are trying so hard to run the race, trying so hard to run to God, to do uh, what we're called to do, to fulfill our purpose, to be great. But it is so hard to run when you are carrying so much weight. When you are carrying the weight of contempt, control, condemning thoughts, whatever that looks like for you. And I love this verse, and I believe it's Hebrews 12, 2 or something. Um, but it's that, that verse that says, throw off every sin, every weight that so easily trips you up, that weighs you down, and run this race and fix yeah. your eyes on Jesus the champion, the initiator of our faith, the one that we are running the race for, running the race to, and fix your eyes on him so that you will receive the heavenly prize, the crown of life. And so that scripture gives me goosies, <laughs> but it it's just, it encouraged me as you were saying that because I feel like God was reminding me and reminding yeah. us to release it. Just like this last point, release that sin that is so easily tripping you up. Release, you know, that 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 spoke to me like the 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 past all those things in the past the future everything so that yeah. you can fix your eyes on Jesus when you are looking at yourself when you're looking at your failures when you're looking at your past and those who hurt you and looking all around how are you going to run this race with all the freedom that God has for you how are you going to fix your eyes on Jesus if you're so busy looking at everything else you can't yeah. you can't you know, and so, you know, I just want to remind you as God reminded me to just fix your eyes on him. And when you like, you know, when I think of the thought of literally connecting eyes with Jesus, it's so mm. hard to not feel overwhelmed because when I imagine that I, it says like his eyes are like fire. 
His eyes are like fire burning with love for you. And it's hard to even like imagine staring him straight in the eyes. But his eyes, when you look at him, you know how they say like you can see a person's soul. Like mm. when you look at the eyes of Jesus, it is just full of overwhelming, uh, relentless love for you. You know, so imagine every day fixing your eyes on Jesus's eyes and just being overwhelmed with his love to the point where you can't look and feel those those condemning things and all those things that trip us up and so um yeah that's yeah. um that's what i was encouraged by um and wanted to share yeah that was powerful lauren and even as you were saying that what it really made me think about is that jesus would never have a resurrection if he didn't release his spirit right here mm. and and these things control contempt condemnation if we don't release these things we'll never have the resurrection of life that God wants for us. Mm -hmm. You got to release it in order to have that resurrection. I felt like one of those like like telemarketer preachers. You got to release that seed right yeah. now. Mm. But I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about control, contempt, and condemnation. Yes. Um, <laughs> and with all that being said, I know that we went through, that we really expounded and unpacked these two, three verses in John. But I really pray that it was something ministering to you. I want to thank Bert, Mary Lou, uh, hey April, glad y'all could be a part. Mary Kate, thank you all for interacting. John, hey I just see uh, uh, saw here John asking us to, to pray um, for his family and that his sister uh, passed away from an accident not too long ago. Lauren, could, before we go on, can you just pray for that? Yeah. And pray for their family and all of course, that. Of and we're so sorry about that, but we will be praying. Um, God, I thank you for John um, and his family, and we know that your heart breaks with them, that that it, it you have compassion on their family. And all I pray, God, is that you would be there in the midst, that you would comfort them, that you would be their comforter in this time of mourning, God, that you would hold their hand and walk them through what they are going through, Lord. Let them feel safe in your arms, Lord, as they experience um, just these different emotions, God. And I just pray peace. And we thank you for his sister's life, Lord, that it is beautiful and it will be remembered and will still make a difference even now, God. And I just speak peace over their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Lauren. And, and we're so sorry for, for what uh, you guys experience um, through that. Um, with, with all that being said, you know, throughout this this message today, maybe at some point you realize that you you need that first step with God. Mm -hmm. Maybe as we were sharing this, you realize you're far away from God, and that's been a minute since you've actually had this this relationship with Him. I, I'm I'm not even gonna walk you through a prayer because I want you to have an authentic prayer yourself. The Bible says in Romans that if you just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that He rose from the dead that surely you shall be saved. And what it's really describing is having a, an authentic conversation with God and saying, I believe that the receipt you left for me in Jesus' death and payment for my sins. And, and God, I just want to walk this with you. I really want to know the power of God. I want, I'm thirsty for something different. I'm thirsty for you. I really need to find you, God. Just talk to him like that. Be real and authentic. And that will be better than any prayer that I could lead you through. And so I really want to encourage you tonight, have that conversation, have that, that meeting moment with God and let us know about it. We want to know how it went for you. And maybe you just, maybe it's just really hard for you to get the words out and you still want someone to lead you through it. Just message us and we'll do that one-on-one -on -one yeah. so that you don't have to do it alone. 
Um, all that being said, we're going to get ready to take communion. I hope you guys have got your 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 garlic bread, your sliced bread. Maybe you got mm-hmm. some toast. I would like I said, I would have put mine in the toaster, but I'm wearing a black shirt. And I don't mm-hmm. want y'all to be all like thinking that I got dandruff or something. Um, but one thing that we believe about communion is that it is not doing communion justice to just do a microwave version of communion, which mm-hmm. is like like the bread and the juice, and you're like, all right, well, we did it to do it. Yeah. I mean. I almost said something that I think you would have got mad at me yeah. for. It was about our marriage and like... Yeah, let's, let's just continue. <laughs> well, I'm just, what I was, without saying too much, mm-hmm. if romance was like that, a marriage wouldn't work. Oh, no. If we just did it to do it, it's just not going to work out like that. Yeah. It needs to be... You have to be in the moment. Yeah. And special. communion is a special moment that deserves... Some time, some attention, mm-hmm. some intention, mm-hmm. and we believe that communion is something done where where we should share and talk through communion and through a remembering of what Christ has done, not only through the cross but in our lives. And so, um, last time we did communion as a church, we we were all together. It was so nice, and we had that H E B bread. Whereas like freshly and we Lauren warmed it up too Mm -hmm. and we had some good juice like grape juice that was Mm -hmm. nice but today we got sliced Hill Country brand bread Mm -hmm. and it's not even big red it's like like big Texas red like off the H E B kind I love H E B but the water is filtered so praise the Lord and last time we went around and we shared. Our, the what brought what are what brought us to Christ at the beginning of our faith today um, we're gonna me and Lauren are gonna share and we want to encourage you guys to either share in the comments or even just if you're gonna do this afterwards with your family however we want you to share this moment with each other and let it be a conversational moment not just uh, isolated like oh I don't have to talk to anybody no, we already done that all of our lives. Let's yeah. have a real moment, authentic, and share a time of God bringing you out of a dark place, a dark time, to a place of redemption or victory. Yeah. I'll say it again. Share a time of God bringing you out of a dark moment, a dark time, a dark place, into a place of redemption or victory. And so... Ladies first. <laughs> I, 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 I know. That's cool. And so we're going to share with you guys because, again, we wanted to... The communion is also about community. And so, like I said, if you feel comfortable, share in the comments your story. Mm-hmm. And me and Lauren, we're, gonna sh- we're, we're trying to lead by example. We're going to share our stories with each other, with y'all, as we take communion. So you go ahead. I'm going to be... Okay. I'm going to be breaking the bread. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like as I look back on my life and our life as well together, there's many dark places, um, many different seasons. And, um, but one that I feel was, um, one that I would like to share is when, um, you know, we as a couple were trying to have our baby. Mm. Um, and so, um, I know that I've heard so many different stories and, and it's a very sensitive subject for a lot of people. Um, because, you know, for some having a baby is, it happens. It's easy. But for others, it's very sensitive because there are different things um, that make it difficult. And so anyways, I share this being sensitive to other people's stories. But for our story, um, you know, we tried for three years 
And at that point, you know, we were youth pastors, we were serving God, we were doing our best to just give him our life and serve. And we felt like it was time to, to begin our family. So I thought, you know, okay, well, let's do this. What happens? You get pregnant and have a baby like that. It's simple. I did not know what was lying ahead. And that was, you know, tribulation. That was a dark time. And for three years, we tried and tried and tried. And we had two miscarriages throughout those two years. And, um, you know, without going on to, you know, a very long story, it was hard. It was very dark um, for us and for me because um, there's many things that it did to me emotionally, to us. And, you know, I, um, I didn't understand. You know, I didn't understand, like, God, like, why? Like, I believe in you. I know that you're the God of healing. Do I need healing? Is something wrong with me? Like, are we not doing something right? Is it physical? Like, there's all these questions. And so it took me to, like, a dark place and a lot of different questions and a lot of different doubts. And I really began to think, well, I guess this is never happening for us. Um, and so, you know, um, praying through that and really just allowing, um, God to just do a whole bunch of work in my heart, um, you know, three years later, finally in, uh, 2018, um, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, we had joy 2018. Um, so we named her joy. And so this is our redemption story is I did get pregnant again. And at that point, I was so afraid, and I didn't even want to take a test because I was like, I don't want to be disappointed <laughs> again. I had eaten pizza that week, and I was sick for a whole week after. I was like, no, the pizza was just bad. I am not pregnant. I can't be because that doesn't work for me. And I was very, like, bitter, and um, I was just refusing to take a test. And finally, my mom came over. She's like, take this test. I was like, whatever. It's going to say no. Um, and it said yes. And so I was like, oh, snap. Well, I guess, you know. Let's do this again. And so I was very nervous through all of that, that journey. And um, fast forward, um, we had our beautiful first baby girl uh, named Joy. And we named her Joy because, first of all, we love that name. But second of all, the um, scripture, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and it talks about, and it says that God will turn your mourning into joy. He will turn, uh, take off your, uh, your garment of heaviness and give you a garment of praise, that he will give you joy for your mourning. So we named her Joy because out of our mourning and out of our dark times, she was our gift from above and she was our uh, our joy. And shortly after, God surprised us again and said, here you go, double for <laughs> your trouble. And so um, we had our beautiful baby girl, Joel's Mercy, and we are blessed and they keep us on our toes every day. And it's crazy, but it's everything we prayed for and they are our life. And so that is my um, story. So praise God. How is that? Oh, it's great. Yeah, and thank you so much for sharing that, Lauren. And I really appreciate your transparency and vulnerability. And I really, I guess it leads me to, I guess, the time that I'll share. And I don't usually like, uh, that was mine. Uh, it's okay. I never wanted to, yeah. Yeah, it's all right. You didn't want it to go to We're waste. one. It's okay. But <laughs> sometimes I... I I don't like to go on and on about those dark moments because I don't like to be there. Right. <laughs> but the truth is, is that if you just stay in the dark moment and you don't go into the victory moment, mm. um, you don't, you get, you don't get to see the full circle. Um, and so real quick, uh, we're going to just transition because Instagram, y'all are going to time out and we're going to just start a new one for y'all. So we'll be right back. Uh, and Facebook, I'm just looking really weird to y'all, but that's okay. Just give me a second. Um, 
and it just okay how about i'll do it yeah oh yeah. why didn't i think of that I'll do, okay yeah just like a man to think that he needs to do oh, everything babe, himself behave. let's behave <laughs> okay continue <laughs> i just imagine you saying like behave like <laughs> yeah that's what i was saying um anyway but so now just sharing with you guys that the dark time that that god has brought me out of um I feel like all of my past was a dark time and and just seeing to where I mean those I, I'm like always embarrassed when I see people that I knew before I gave my life to Christ because I was such a different person then. And I really see that all of the, the things that I used to do um really ex exemplify the victory in my life now. I mean, I, I, I used to hurt people and I, I would look to hurt people. And now I really enjoy and love helping people and loving people. And that, I mean, like before I would want to belittle somebody and make them feel less of themselves. And now I'll cry during Wreck-It Ralph every single time that I watch this scene where he's about to go into the, the lava. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Just about every movie, uh, like Disney movie, I cry while watching, like, I have my daughter with me, and she's, like, just talking, like, baby gibberish, and I'll start <laughs> crying, because, like, the movie, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, Bolt, every time that Bolt decides to stay stop. at the end, oh my god, and so anyway, um, mm -hmm. it, that, like, is really a victory moment, but rather than, like, like, saying that and acting as though all of my Christian walk has been light and bright. I'll share um, a time when, uh, in after being a Christian, where it was even after we were, we got married, and I was in this, um, I was in such a dark place mentally to where I had gotten just extremely depressed, and I was, um, I mean, I was still, I was being tempted with self harm again. I was uh, I, I was I was going past just having thoughts of suicide. I was fantasizing of different ways to kill myself, and there was even it was just like escalating and escalating to where there was a day where Lauren had checked my search history and saw that I had looked up a specific way on how to kill myself this way, and that's how bad my fantasies of suicide started getting. And it was just a super incredible dark place. And because of that, it forced me into a place of transparency. And I finally just talked to Lauren about it. And I was vulnerable with her and shared with her what I was really, what was really going on. And it was so difficult. It was so hard because I, because I was afraid the, of the way that I was going to be seen, the, all the different thoughts that you get and also just feeling like completely uh, ill-equipped as a person, as a Christian, unqualified as a, as a minister. And it was just such an ugly place. But God went through that like super dark time and brought it. And what was very meaningful about it was that he walked with me through it. And I, I feel like there's, a, there's even a part where... Um, where where I would feel like, well, God doesn't want to have anything to do with me now because of the thoughts that I was having. 
and I would in the moments that I would like even like try to just sit and and just think into myself and in my mind be away from God I would feel God's presence so strong mm -hmm. as if he was like all right well if, if you're gonna do this and I'm gonna sit with you too while while we're here I'm gonna just walk with you through it and just being able to see God walk me walk through those times with me even when I was so far in my mind away from him it was almost like a moment of even seeing how Lauren was with me and to where she was not willing for me to walk through it alone that she she just couldn't stand the thought of me having those thoughts and going through that all by myself and so she just really wanted to be there with me through it and God used her to show me that that's what he wanted for me too that he wanted to walk with me through it that I wasn't alone and now you know just God brought me through so much victory through it um, really empowered our church's belief system into how transparency leads to victory mm -hmm. it's because of those dark moments where God showed the power of transparency the victory that comes from it that even inspired why our core belief is it has that in there yeah. and and there's just so much redemption because going through that now I mean God has used that for to to help me to understand and counsel people that have gone through some deep suicidal thoughts yeah. as well deep depressions to where you know being able to have conversations where afterwards people tell me I've, I've never been able to talk about it like this yeah. and I was like I know what you mean mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it just God has used it to bring not about victory in my life but redemption and using something so dark into a source of light for others right. um, and so it's just a I just really am grateful that God can turn even our ashes, the ugliest parts of our lives, the ugliest moments of our lives into something beautiful and useful. And it's almost like the image of Good Friday, the most brutal scene in history. Jesus undeservingly being beaten, whipped, and, and crucified. To, for the payment of our sins, something so ugly and so brutal to bring about something so amazing and beautiful for the world. And God just turns the, the, the darkest moments into the brightest ones. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, uh, I want to encourage you guys to have a communion moment tonight. Don't let Good Friday pass by without having a conversation with somebody. If you don't want to drop any comments about it, then call your best friend. If you don't have a best friend, call a family member. If you don't have any family members that you could talk to like that, just call us, call somebody and just talk and share this a moment, even the smallest kind of moment, but sharing it, something that glorifies God is the purpose of, of communion. Remembering what he did for us, remembering the redemption story, that's why we take the bread. That's why we take the, the big red. Um, that's why we take is to remember that this was Jesus' body that was crushed, that was, that was broken for us, and that his blood was poured out for our forgiveness, for, for the redemption of mankind. All that being said, we're going to close out. And we just love you guys so much. We were so excited to do this video together. I, I feel like I preach way better with Lauren. You're all like, yeah. Same dream, <laughs> uh, same dream, babe. And, and I, I'm just so glad that um, you guys got to tune in. I'm so grateful for all y'all's feedback. 
And um, we just want to let y'all know that we love y'all. Uh, we really appreciate y'all, and we're gonna we're gonna have our Easter service online tomorrow at the same time in the evening. It's gonna be both me and Lauren together like yeah. this. Um, so, any anything that you want to say before we close off? Um, I really enjoyed um, being here with you tonight and sharing this, and even with your story that you shared right now, it just reminded me of um, in Psalms one thirty nine. It talks about. Um, it says even when I want to hide myself in the darkness mm. that even there his light will shine yeah. that and and so in those like in, in those the the moment that you share those moments and like in our life and even the the moment of the cross that was the darkest moment mm. you know where um, like there's just the darkness is surrounding and even in those moments where it feels like you are so far gone it just proves just like your story and just like that scripture that even there his light will shine he is not afraid of the darkness he is jesus his presence will be there so it just encouraged me and yeah. reminded me of the cross reminded me of the the redemption that he's brought you through in that situation in our life and so no matter how dark or far gone you feel like jesus is not scared of that and he will go in there and penetrate it with his light and his presence and he has yeah. a redemption story for you and for that situation and so um thank you for sharing and being transparent but um yeah so i enjoyed being here with everyone and i love y'all and i look forward to tomorrow yeah awesome thanks for saying all that lauren and, and I, I she's gonna make me cry if we keep going yeah and so um all that being said uh we love y'all so much ray the rapper we miss you man why'd for you have real. to leave and go back home tori, tori miss we you, miss girl. you be safe janina we are so glad you got to tune in Mary Lou, love you. Um, yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Mary, Mary Kate. Kate. We see you there. We see you dropping those likes. <laughs> and Sudi Vet, glad you could jump on. Um, everybody, we're we're so grateful to be connected like this. And we wanna we wanna stay connected. So be sure to um, continue to be a part and see us online and drop comments. We like to talk to y'all during. Yeah. Um, but we love y'all so much. Y'all have a great rest of your night. Have a good Friday. Invite and your friends to church tomorrow. Invite your friends to church tomorrow. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and remember to do that activity and, and write down the things that you need to release it, it, releasing of control, releasing of contempt, releasing of condemnation. Let's really do it and take this message into a practical way. Um, we love y'all have a good night and grave top for life. Yeah. <laughs>